Now more than ever, people are focused on getting and staying healthy. Much more than primary care, PartnerMD provides affordable, individualized concierge care to help you make the most of your health without all the hassles of traditional health care. With highly trained physicians, medically advanced testing, and virtually no waiting, PartnerMD is better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com to learn more. Good morning. Hi, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Currently tropical storm free Key Largo or the Florida Keys. Uh, we It's rainy here in Key Largo. Uh, steamy, rainy. Um, not, you know, just light rain. We had uh, a not so close call. I put that in the notes. But what interesting thing about the Keys is that we're situated on the calendar in a traditional slumping traffic time in the Keys. Right when school starts and right before Labor Day, we get a little peak in Labor Day and then it's gone. But because it's tropical storm season, hurricane season, uh, there's traditionally slows down this time of year. And especially when there is a named storm coming towards us, then we get the people that have more temporary plans, you know, people that shoot down for the day or, you know, quick vacation, they disappear. Weekenders from Miami and other places don't come down. So we get some, we get the people that are more committed or should be committed showing up here. They want to, you know, they want to be here for a storm. Maybe some people, they live, like to live adventurously. But <clears throat> combined with that, we had a rather slow weekend. And I'll talk about that a little more as we get into the show. This Friday, about 8 o'clock, these uh, young, young fellow, what I'm saying, he's around 30, he looks like, young Young fellow comes walking in, and he sits down, and I don't know, uh, you know, he just looks like he's coming down to eat. He orders a, he ordered a beer or a drink, and then we gave him a menu, and he just wanted something light. And then another guy comes in, following him, and he's wearing a, a jacket that says the Weather Channel on it. The... Uh, They seem to know each other. So I put two and two together. I just weather channel guys. And I don't really get hung up over that. Every time there's a, during the, uh, it seems like half the time during hurricane season, they, there's weather channel people in, in the Florida Keys. And they were very friendly, very nice, and they were uh, staying nearby. And we were talking. We just went back and forth and, uh, some of the people at uh, I work with, one of the servers, is, says it's her second favorite channel or favorite channel. I don't know why, why it would be the Weather Channel, but it is the Weather Channel is an ubiquitous channel that's on cable that people watch down here. 
especially when there's storms, when they're trying to track a hurricane and things like that. So we had those Weather Channel guys. And you started getting a feel because it, 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 at most it could have turned into a tropical storm, but it wasn't even looking. It looked like it was going to stay like if it hit us, it was going to be 40, 45 miles per hour. And that's pretty much, we get gusty winds like that in October on a regular day when the weather systems start changing. So it used to be, you know, you see Weather Channel people show up and you think, ah, oh, it's maybe a different part of the country. It's kind of scary when it shows up, but here not so much. But we talked to the guys and they they weren't really excited. They were looking for <clears throat> some locations and stuff like that to shoot and all that stuff. But because of what happened uh, with Fred, Fred moved up a little further west. It's in the center of the Gulf. It's off the Florida coast. Uh, we're, we're getting some of this system there. But there's another system south near Puerto Rico and Haiti that's heading towards us. And looks already looks like it's going to head a little further south than the track of Fred. So they, they're kind of hanging out. And most of the people were seeing um, the Weather Channel worked for the same parent company as CNN that's based in Atlanta. So a lot of these people live in the Atlanta area. It kind of makes sense because of where the airport is and the, it's a major hub. But they were going to, one of the guys, uh, the camera guy, the cameraman that was there, he, uh, he told us he was going to be hanging around here for a bit. I guess they're floating around and then they're going to move, you know. They're going to see them. I don't know what the deal is. They have to drive the truck or something like that, but they're going to hang them, you know, here to see what's going to happen. It's already moving south, so they may move them up the Gulf Coast. But it's always interesting, you know, when you think of those things, you have a reporter and a cameraman show up, and you think, oh, my God, it's going to, we, we're definitely going to, you know, is a storm going to come because we have these guys here or not? And, you know, because it's weather, you never know what's going to happen. They really don't have, even with all the computers and everything, they don't really know where it's going to go and what the track's going to take. But it brought me, I, it brought me kind of a, uh, since when they mentioned that they were from the parent company, CNN, it brought me to mind of another person that works for the organization, but not the Weather Channel, CNN, Arwa Damon. Since 2001, I remember her, the first, uh, the second Gulf War, she was in uh, Iraq, and she was in Iraq, Libya, uh, Syria. She's like always in the thick of things. Now, if I lived in, it's, it's funny because you know how people get, they post, on, at least in Florida, they post if Jim Cantori or the Weather Channel guys show up, you better hunker down. Well, that's not necessarily the truth. But if it was Arwa Damon, if I lived in a place where there was some minor civil unrest, nothing I thought was too serious, and all of a sudden I see a CNN crew show up with Arwa Damon, I'd be packing up my family. You know, so it's just a reaction. I guess people react to certain things certain ways. So we had a young couple come in, younger couple come in. And supposedly they said they lived here since they were, you know, they, they've had summer places here since they were kids and they have one around the corner. 
from the restaurant. And they go, well, why, why is it so quiet here? And it's all, typically this is, it was last night seemed like a quiet Sunday in November. And they asked me what's so quiet. I said, well, typically this time of year is quieter than most. And then you had the approaching weather systems. So anybody who had the option decided not to go out. And any, you know, a lot of the locals, they were, you know, they start early. If they don't have a reason to go out on a boat or go fishing, they start a little early with their party and they don't go out. And it wasn't a hurricane coming in, so there's no hurricane parties. So there's a lot of reasons. We, I, I mentioned to the Weather Channel guys, he says, oh, sorry, we're showing up. And that's what they said. They were sorry, we're showing up. We're scaring away business. I said, actually, you know, the type of, you know, tropical storm or something like that coming in can only increase our business this time of year. If it was in the middle of summer or during peak, you know, in May or something like that, where, you know, lobster mini season where we have a lot of people coming in and that, you know, that that causes people to leave. But this time of year, it drives business to the indoor venues and that's us. So I told him, I said, you know what, you being here for this is actually good for business, but not having a storm is actually bad for business. So having a, when I was, what I was suggesting, just to th- think of this thought process, this fucked up thought process I have here. Um, having the threat of a storm, good. Having this tropical storm come through, good, because People on a Saturday need to go out anyway. Sometimes people feel the need they need to go out. And they don't go by the waterside attractions. They don't go by the places that are on the, mostly on the bay side or the ocean. So where are they going to go? You go indoors. And we're a perfect place for it because we're a restaurant with a bar. Not like a, it's a big bar too, so it's kind of fun. But when the storm didn't happen... There was no need for kind of like an impromptu party. So we kind of lost out there. But we did pretty much what we would have done had there been no storm this time of year. Like the next two weeks, that it'll be the same way. So, and then we had a couple and they asked me why did it happen. I said, listen, you if you've been coming down here for years, you should know this. And as an offhand comment, they came in, they, had, they were just coming in to, to have a couple of drinks. And I'm like, they're living here. And I said, you just come in and have a couple of drinks here. And it was at the end of the night. No one else was here. And they ordered a beer. It took them like 45 minutes to drink the first one. And then it was a little about 20 minutes after we closed the kitchen where we normally close. And they were ready to order another one. I said, well, you know, he said, do you close at 10? I said, well, we... We close when there's nobody here. So, well, we're here. And I said, well, you're the only people that are here. So there's seven of us and two of you. What do you think? So they they thought that that was the right math. And it wasn't. It wasn't the right math. So we uh, we didn't kick them out. We just gave them another beer and stuff like that. And they said, well, this will be the last one. We'll close you up then. And then they sat for like 15 minutes with their empty beers. I don't know what they expected. And they live right around the street, you know, corner. And they're just, if they're a couple, they're together. I don't get what they were getting there. So we have that. During that course of time when they were here, the funny thing happened. Uh, a 
couple came in, a younger couple. And the woman came up to the bar real quick and said, how quickly can you make a shot? And I said, well, I don't know. How quickly can you produce an ID? And she kind of was put off of that. And I go like this, well, come on. I wasn't put off on how quickly you make a shot because I can make a shot real quick. I just pour it into a glass. That's a shot. Whiskey and stuff like that. But what it seemed like, it was like five minutes after the kitchen closed and someone came in and tried to get a drink real quick and they were kind of, you know, they looked 30 or younger, which they say at our responsible vendors meetings. That's what the... Um, LCB, the Florida Alcohol Control Board, whatever, has these classes they give you and then how to spot fake ID, how to spot people that are intoxicated, um, what's what's the rules, what's the blood alcohol level, what's the fines if you do violate them and if you serve someone underage. So they always open up these meetings with, hey, this person got busted these people got busted this business down here they took this bartender to jail and they drive it home each time whether it's true or not that they're not like repeat offenders and that you know they didn't they don't really go into detail on that and i'm sure they don't necessarily take people right to jail just because it serves someone on underage but who's i'm not gonna you know if all, all it takes for me is to check your id with a little more you know you know, just be attentive, then I'm going to check the ID. So these people come in late. They seem like, oh, well, if they're going to do a sting, this would be the perfect time to do it when it's not busy. And it's late night. And it's like, why would someone rush me like that coming in? Well, as it turned out, they were bar hopping. And when he arrived, they must have got dropped off. It seemed like it because they immediately had called for another Uber that was only a couple minutes away. We found out after the fact. So the woman comes in. Orders a drink. I ask for the ID. She she starts looking and she goes, I don't think I have it. And I go, well, I can tell that, you know, just by looking at you that you're probably around 27. And she goes, I'm 26. And I said, well, oh, well, since I've asked for your ID, I got to ask. I got to get it now. And and they go, well, I said, well, it's not necessarily a sting or anything like that. But once you ask for someone's ID, you really it'd be hard not to. Do it. It's like, a, why ask for an ID? And, not, and when they say they don't have it, don't take it, or don't uh, don't require it. Sounds like that could be a, maybe a sting too. So she goes in Ohio. You can say you can ask how old I am, and I have to tell you. Otherwise, it would be a sting. I said this is here in Florida too. And she goes, see. I said, well, yeah, but that doesn't stop you from being underage. You don't have to be undercover. You could just be someone underage trying to get a drink and if you get busted I get the same thing so it turned out you know there was no there was only that one couple that was hanging out real late with their beer and stuff like that and this couple I said I'm sorry I'm not going to serve you you don't have an ID I ask you for that and I apologized I said listen you know it just seems like the right thing to do right now and I know in, that, in her head, she's probably thinking, well, what the fuck? Why do you have to do that? I don't know. I had to do it because it felt, it felt like the right thing to do. And uh, 
that couple that was waiting there, they, they misconstrued the story. They said, well, the woman came in and she yelled for a shot, and, you know, and then she reacted badly. No, she did not. She did not yell for a shot. She just asked, nice, how fast can you make a shot? And her reaction was, oh, I wish I could have a shot. That was it. She wasn't pissy. She wasn't rude. And they just naturally, they took, it's weird, they naturally default took my side. And, and then they started padding the story. When there's really no story other than someone who's in their mid-20s went out without an ID, which I don't really understand. And she was going to say, I have a picture of it. Oh, do you have a picture of your parents, maybe? That will help you, a picture of your grandparents? That, that may go, no. She says, what other ID? She's looking for, she has her health care card. She has her health care card in her, in her phone thing, but she doesn't have her ID. What? I don't get that. Why? You're, you're more, you're out drinking and you brought your health care card with you because you think you might get in an accident, but you might not get carded. I don't know. I think that was a misalignment of your requirement for resources. And one of the resources is identification. So, yeah, they were bar hopping and they decided they... When they came there and there was only a couple cars that they got dropped off and looked in that they were going to call for another Uber. Before even walking, the boyfriend walks in and says, oh, come on, we're going. The, the car, Uber's over here. Okay. I'm going to wrap up with the, uh, well, wait, no, I won't wrap up yet. We have another one coming up behind us, Grace. And so that looks like it's coming in Thursday. And a little south. We don't know yet. So we'll probably know better on Wednesday if it jigs a little north. But all the tracks, like 80% of the tracks are south of us. And only, you know, 10% is right dead on for us. Which is not unheard of. So that'll change the dynamics for this weekend. Originally it looked like it was going to hit us midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now it looks like it's going to come in Thursday because it's slowing down. So that probably is going to affect our next weekend somewhat. Just the imagery, not the actuality of where it's going to hit. Because people don't really care about that right away. They just think, you know, you have all these activities. They may, it could affect us in the long run. Meaning, you see a couple storms, they say, what are the chances of another one? You know, when you have to book two weeks in advance in order to get a deal. So, and... You know, add throw COVID in, which I don't think people really worry about that. We'll find out. We'll find out what will happen. Now, on previous shows, we talked about catfishing. I did the Key Largo Catfish Chronicles and stuff like that. And recently, in the last three months, I, like many people, and I'm sure it's mainly men, and I imagine, I don't know what they're looking at me for, they... They must have a profile of what they go after. So it's usually young, attractive women send you this thing. Hey, I have a profile for single people that want to have sex. I never click on them. I delete them. I always hope, like when I get a friend request, and if it's an attractive young girl, that's even better. But, I mean, I'm hoping that they're listeners. When I get an unknown request to that. And I'm starting to get people that are listeners sending me friend requests to Jim or to the Keys bartender, which you can 
like. Uh, if you like uh, this show, just go on. We have a Keys Bartender page. We also have a Twitter uh, page and, and an Instagram. I, I guess when I said Twitter page, I have a Twitter profile for the Keys Bartender and, and Instagram. So they, the Keys Bartender one on Instagram, I guess people don't really get a when, when you're doing catfishing, what they do is they deal in large numbers of accounts, meaning they friend a lot of them, and then they send a... What they do is they send a message that says, Hello. Hello. Hi there. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. All those things. And they're trying to get a response for it. And I'm sure they got like multiple, like a hundred of them. And they wait. And they go in and look for the most... I guess, promising of feedback and see which one is hooked. And that, hence the word catfishing, where you're, you're dragging the bottom, catfish or bottom feeders, I guess, and you're dragging the bottom to see if you can hook somebody. And then once you hook somebody, you ask for money. I guess that's the, that's the end game. I haven't gotten to that yet. But they... What I try to do when I talk to him in the beginning, I'd like to tell him this, I'm a podcaster, and then I, and I'm thinking, can I convert them into a podcast listener? If you're that interested in getting to know who I am, right? If you're that interested in getting to know who I am, who I am, the podcast would be an excellent resource for you. I mean, you can figure out almost anything. You can pretend you pretend you like history. You can pretend you like politics. You can pretend you're you know you were interested in Philadelphia. All those things. So it's funny. They ask me, "What do I do?" A lot of times, what do you do? I'm a bartender, blah blah blah, and I have a podcast. And now I started posting links to the podcast. And supposedly, if they're from that place, I have a demographic uh, tool that tells me where they downloaded it. Where they got it from, what area they're from, and I got one recently from, and I, I don't think they're going to listen to it because they got they're dealing with a hundred different people, right? A hundred, two hundred different people. Because all you need to do is, I guess, to be successful is have one person a day send you money, and I imagine a lot of them are really in the United States, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the United States, and. Typical for the catfishing things, people just take a picture of an, a, an attractive young woman or middle-aged woman. They put them on there, and they put a couple of them. The more they have, the more diverse they have, the more likely people are to be fooled that they're real accounts or legitimate accounts. So, you know, when you look at my account, I think you pretty much know this is a legitimate account of some fucking guy from Florida who just posts, who doesn't know when not to post a picture. That's me. I don't put any filters on it and stuff like that. And then you got girls that are always having, uh, and guys, some guys posting pictures with filters and only have a certain amount of pictures on there. And they gather um, followers and stuff like that. You know, just all they do is randomly friend people on there with, they have, and they post a couple pictures. They may not even change the interesting part when they go into details. They may not even change the sex. 
meaning it's obviously they, they have a picture of a wo- woman on there and they could have a guy's name and it could say male on the account. And I'm not talking about someone who has, uh, you know, gender fluidity. I'm talking about just someone who's lazy enough not to do the profile. The, you know, they got these... I guess there's desperate enough people to say, oh, there's two photos of the person, two different poses. Oh, this is a real account. Really? If you're a student of human nature, think about it. And this is for my male listeners. You already understand how young women like to take a lot of pictures of themselves. And I'm sure you're friends with Uh, or followers of young women that just take a million pictures of themselves. There was a friend of mine down here as a bartender. She had, you said, she only took, she always had selfies and it was always her, I'm trying to picture, it's her right hand looking down at the same angle at her face from the different places that she's at. And that was it. But there was like a hundred of them. Every day they had them. So when is it then you find a young, attractive person only have two photos on their page? Never. And if they don't have varied accounts of where they are, where they're visiting and stuff like that. So I get this friend thing and someone says, I said, well, okay, you know, I'll bite when they say, hello, I'm hi, how are you? I'm doing fine, blah, blah, blah. And they ask me where... Where are you from? And I tell them where I'm from and stuff like that. And and then I work into, you know, show a picture. And then I show a picture with Abby. Says, this is my wife. I'm, you know, been together. We've been together for years. We're very happy. And I was to Poland. Obviously, you can see the pictures that I posted from Poland. If you're a friend of my, you know, follow me on this stuff. Now, this is where I, like, if I wasn't, didn't have a podcast or didn't have my other businesses where I want people to connect. Because social media, I got to put up with this in order to get exposure. I need to be exposed. Meaning, the more people know, the more people will likely to say, hey, this guy's a podcaster, this guy is a notary. So, a lot of people don't understand when I get a request for a friend, I take it. And it's not automatically just because of the way the person looks. I just look at the person, I see, was this legitimate or not legitimate? And when it's not legitimate and you look at it, it's like only two, two pictures. I'm like, ah, forget it. It's not a real, it's not a real uh, thing. And then, so I get this one where there's actually 12 photos. And she has a picture with her dog. She showed some picture of food and stuff like that. She says she's from Oklahoma and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. I, get a, I don't have any listeners in Oklahoma. I just go and say, hey, listen, I'm a podcast or blah, 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 blah. And I told her yesterday. And... I don't think people understand that I have this, I'll repeat it again, but I have this tool on my podcast broadcasting app that tells me where they do it. So if you tell somebody, <clears throat> if they're interested and they want to make a new friend and stuff like that, if they're looking to move a relationship along and stuff like that, you figure you're giving them, I'm giving them my my diary by looking at the podcast and you could find out everything, almost everything you want about myself. I try not to. I try to be an open book. But they don't go and do it. And I said, well, you're not, you're really not 
first of all, two separate things. You're not looking for a friend. You're not looking to find out who that person is. You're going to be looking for someone that's going to be interested in you and interested in asking you. You're going to be asking them for money. If you're looking for a friend, you, you say, oh, they do a podcast. I like this person. I think I'll listen to him. <clears throat> or they listen to him and go, oh, this guy is an egomaniacal asshole. I'm going to not talk to them anymore, which that's a good one, too. But it would show on my demographics that you listen to. I, I think in the last month I had like two people, two different places in Oklahoma, and that's not from the place where this person supposedly is from. And they show the feigned concern for you, or are you working, uh, you're working too much, you're stressed out, and stuff like that. No. I try not. I mean, I do. I guess maybe sometimes I do come up as stressed out. Hmm. I have to I have to think about that. But usually yeah, the nice thing about not being in management and having these multiple jobs that I do have, I'm not overly reliant on one thing. You know, I got my fitness instruction thing. I do my spin. I love that. I got my notary stuff. I, you know, this Tuesday I'm doing a wedding. I think it's going to be on the bay. I'm going to be doing it on the water. I'm going to be officiating at a wedding on the water. I did a a wedding about four weeks ago on the bay, a beautiful location, a resort in uh, what? Did, what was the name? At Baker's K. I did. No, not Baker's K. At Mar-a-Lago. Now Playa Largo, not Mar-a-Lago. That's bleh. sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Once again, I'm not drinking. It's just me making a screw up. So I'm doing another one. It should be either it's going to be next to the adjacent, water adjacent, or on the water on a pont- pontoon boat. And then I'll have my signings there. And obviously my passion, which is this. <clears throat> this, podcasting, which I enjoy doing. I hope you enjoy listening. I know I do appreciate the people that uh, I get. They come and see me. My friend Ted, who's a nurse, and he... Uh, he and his wife come in often. They live in in the neighborhood. Uh, I, I love it when I hear the, uh, the you know he said he you know laughing at some of this stuff. And I said you know what you pretty much don't have to ask me anything about my vacation because you heard everything. And then I had uh, another acquaintance of Abby and our mine at the gym say, oh yeah, we have it a favorite. I think it's when I we. You know, it's very nice. It's very nice. We do appreciate it. I hope it's lighthearted and fun. Hope it's lighthearted and fun. Who knows? Uh, well, if it is, if it is, it is. You know, it's one of those things. It either is or it isn't. One last thing I want to talk about is, like many businesses in the United States right now, maybe even in the world, uh, there are a lack of applications, employees, potential hires. We've been trying to find people and there just seems to be so many, so many people down here and people automatically want to point their finger at the uh, safety net programs they had for unemployment and then people deciding they don't want to work. They want to make, they want to boil it down to the easiest description, right? When it's really not easy, there's a whole bunch of things that go into it. First of all, there's people, some people that are afraid of being exposed. 
to other people. Some people have developed social anxieties since the COVID quarantine times and stuff like that. People stopped interacting as much and now they're afraid to interact. Just look at the people that want to stay home at work. They're trying to convince people to, you know, they're trying to convince people to come into work. A lot of these tech companies and regular companies just can't do it. But what, and another thing is because there is such a demand for people, you have one person looking at uh, a you know, they go, I, let's say me as a bartender, I'm not exactly sure because I haven't applied to other places, but there's probably about five places I could get hired in the next week. Easy. Just drop by, say, I'm, bar- yeah, I'm going to write down, here's my application, I'm putting my name, and they're like, do you need to do a background search and stuff like that? If you need to do a background search, I'll see what, what are you offering. Because if you're doing a background search, it better be a really good job. That's the way I look at it. If you're not offering anything I don't offer you anything you offer me an opportunity to you know work my ass off for a moderate amount of money um, uh, that's when I start giving you access to my personal information even though I have nothing to hide you know obviously if I did have anything to hide I wouldn't say my name is Jim Horan I'm doing a podcast about one the world I'm an open book so but what happens is this demand could make me seem like, well, I must be a really great employee. If I look at it without looking at the big scope of things, that everyone's looking for employees. It could be like that girl in a big room full of guys. You're the only girl, and all of a sudden you feel like you're the belle of the ball because you're the only one. Yeah, no, you're... I I hate to use the number thing and stuff like that. And it's not all about looks and stuff like that. But in personality and looks, you might be a three in in a place where there's a dearth of uh, companionship of the opposite sex. You may appear to be a nine. Because guys don't get into that prison thing until they're in prison where they start looking at other guys. So they're looking at the girls and they're boosting their ratings and stuff like that. So you, you get overly confident. And that happens a lot at work and stuff like that. When you get people to come into work and stuff like that, and they have to kid, they have to psych themselves out and say, "I'm great. I'm doing this. I'm, I, I'm the greatest so and so. I'm the greatest bartender, greatest trainer, and stuff." Like that. You know what? Confidence is good. Confidence is good, but also a modicum of humility and knowledge that we all have something to learn at our job. Right? Every day. If you're not learning, you're dead. You're going to be stagnant. <clears throat> so that's the way I view it. And there's people that come in there and say, oh, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to hear any more of that. Like people come in. I, I've been guilty of that in the past where I'm looking at someone as they're teaching me. I say, well, they don't know. You know, some people can be very good at working at a place, but not really good at generally their field or what they're doing. They may have the system down. I have, you know, if you have the uh, Boston chicken, Boston market mentality. Is that still around? Is the Boston market still around? I don't even know. I haven't seen one in a while. It's not big here, I guess. And we've got Pollo Tropical. That's our chicken place down here. The Cuban, Cuban chicken place, which is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. But... Um, 
why, why am I getting? You, they may have the system down of where they work. You know, this is the Cracker Barrel way, and this is how you behave at the Cracker Barrel. They how you put your order in. This is how you greet the table. Blah 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 blah. Well, and that's not necessarily makes you a great server. That makes you know, understanding how to work at Cracker Barrel, or the Olive Garden, or Texas Roadhouse. Do I name enough different places? I don't know. My, you know, it's like me podcasting, right? I'm really maybe I'm really good at being a keys bartender, but not necessarily that good at being a podcaster. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm learning every day. And I do appreciate you guys from listening. And we do have to put up with a little more, well, life is, you know, it's very easy to look at things, especially on the news. And before we sign off, I, maybe I should send and on a high note. I have this discussion with people when people start getting down on COVID, global warming, forest fires, Tropic storms, unemployment, price of gas, violence. Um, Trump's an asshole. Trump's not that much of an asshole, whatever you want to be. You know, uh, you can get all you can get all wrapped up in the world being horrible place when you can. It's. It's easy to get wrapped up in the thing that the world's a horrible place and it's out to get you and all these things. But it's not so easy to realize and say, you know what? We are very fortunate to live in a time where, you know, when a disease comes around, we're able to detect it. We're able to somewhat try to address it. In the old days, they'd put leeches on. They'd do anything. They'd put you in the water. They'd, they'd bleed you. They they put you in the cold. They put you in the heat and whatever fucking things. Any anything. They just didn't know what was going on. Now we know. We even know how to address global warming. But then Wayne, the people Wayne, and say, "Well, how serious is it? Do we really need to address it now? Is the cure worse uh, than the disease? You know all those things. But we have answers and we have things we can do about it." And we have the ability to argue over it. In the old days, you wouldn't even argue about it. You know? You wouldn't even have the time to because you were just spending all your time just trying to survive. Make sure you have enough food. You can get through winter. Right now, in different parts in the world, they're, you know, you're going in a harvest festival. We were just watching, um, they were having some kind of harvest activity in Zakopane where they had brought all these mountain dancers in. It was a beautiful thing. And we were watching it on YouTube. And they bring these international competition from um, that part of Europe. But it's different countries brought in their own folk teams with music and dancers and stuff like that. And they're dancing. And it seemed like hundreds of years ago, they might do one day of it, local thing with dancing. and Because otherwise they're going to have to you know, you have the whole fall, you're going to start having to bring in the pro- crops, you know, you have to slaughter your animals or whatever, do shit and get the fields ready for the next planting season. And then you'll be lucky if you make it through the winter. Who knows, you may not get enough. You know, you could have a drought, you could have this, blah, blah, blah. Now, we, you know, if there's a drought in one part of the world, if you're fortunate enough that live in a, you know, a developing country or better, then they're able to get resources to you. And you have medical, you have technology, you got all this stuff where you get the information, you can travel. We were, you know, you you can travel to another continent, uh, get a job and go back and visit your family. 
In the old days, you couldn't do that. People are living longer than they ever did. You know, sometimes it was maybe there was a little dip, right, in life expectancy this past year, but not so much. I'm 58, I'll be 58 years old in two weeks, a little under two weeks, right? It's not, it's not that, uh, no, it's a week and a half, a week and a half. I'll be next Tuesday. And I'm pretty physically fit. A couple hundred years ago, I'd be an old man. Now I'm considered middle-aged. I call myself middle-aged. I can call myself a young man. I mean, if we people lived 150 and 160 years old, I would be a young man. That dude, My problem is not with my age. It's how long other people live. They should be living a lot longer. If they were, if they were living to 200, I could be almost an adolescent. Right? Would that, ha- would that work that way? If people lived a lot longer, would adolescents... Okay, we're going to save that for another time. I'd like to thank you for listening to The Keys Bartender. Once again, I did repeat, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. That's Keys Bartender. If you have any questions, send them to jim at keysbartender.com. Listen up. Share this show with your friends. Like us on your favorite platform. And uh, leave us a review. Thank you very much. Have a great, dry day. And we'll be back to you in uh, a day. I guess maybe tomorrow. Bye.